Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zone. I'm Em. And I'm purposely fucking up our intro because we've recorded it 10 <laughs> times. You. I'm Anna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, I'm Anna, and this fortnight, we are wrapping up Hem's unit on cyberpunk, which she said she hated. By reading the book All Systems Read by Martha Wells, which was kind mm-hmm. of my, I took everything M said she didn't like about cyberpunk and found this book to hopefully change her mind. Was I successful? Okay, so Uh-oh. here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> I loved this book. I don't okay. think it's cyberpunk. <laughs> oh, I see. I It is questionable. I think it is... It has notes of cyberpunk, right? It has, like, the augmented people. Sure, yeah. It has the um, corporate overlord kind of thing. There is a little bit Mm -hmm. of a mystery. But I think it's just because it's not a man that's the main character, it doesn't feel as much like cyberpunk. That was my thoughts that I came to. I actually, I didn't think it was the gender thing. Gender thing didn't throw me Mm. off as much as the fact that it didn't take place in cities. Like, I feel like... And maybe that's because I'm, I've am i been comparing cyberpunk so much to, like, film noir in my head, where I'm like, they're very derivative of each other. Mm-hmm. Well, cyberpunk is derivative of film noir, obviously, since right. time. Um, I feel like the, the kind of themes of cyberpunk of being, like, part of this, like, society and the society crushing you and, like, all of that sort of shit, like, wasn't really in this because it was mm. taking place on a, like, un for the most part, on an uninhabited planet that, like, there was just a few people on. So you didn't right. get that kind of, like, sense of tension and claustrophobia and whatever, you know? Like, I thought this book was great. I cried at mm-hmm. the end of it. Aww, like my favorite human, Dr. Mensa. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, to me, didn't strike me as cyberpunk. And maybe I'm just saying that because I because want liked to it. still hate cyberpunk. <laughs> Yeah, like, (laughs) yes, here is my rebuttal, though, to you. It is a very short book. It is a novella of like 150 ish Mm. pages. And I think it is a setup for at the end of this book, a little bit of a spoiler, a slight Mm -hmm. spoiler, like it kind of sets it up for Murderbot to go off in the world, right? So I think this is doing as much world building as it can in 150 mm-hmm. pages without it being in the, in the traditional cyberpunk setting. But it will expand more so as... Sorry, my dog. It'll expand as, as Murderbot <laughs> goes on further adventures. And I think, I think we'll see more of it. Um, I haven't read any of the other books except this one, but I probably will after having experienced the... Oh, yeah, me too. Experienced the joy of Murderbot. My dog... Yeah, I I definitely I know I've said this a couple times about other authors. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I might I might give them a shot, like read another book by them. But like, Mm -hmm. this is one where I'm like, no, this is immediately going on my TBR. Like, I have to read more murder murder bot. It was it was delightful. I just everything that murder bot said, I was like, yes, me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I too malfunctioned and killed fifty seven people in a minor accident. (laughs) Yes, I remember me. that. I remember when that I happened. I see myself. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so embarrassing. Don't bring it up. <laughs> I also, since you brought up the fact it's a novella, I really thought that kind of addressed one of the issues I had with the other two books mm-hmm. we read in the cyberpunk genre, which was their length and the fact that they get way overly descriptive with shit that doesn't matter, and it's just a bunch of like, look at this cool tech thing that I invented for this book, and we didn't have that so much in this book. Like if stuff was being described, it was, you know, like to the point and it wasn't like, I didn't feel like any of the technology was being used as like, look how cool this is. Mm -hmm. It was like, like, look at this idea I had you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I think overall, like this book was very much character driven more so than the other books we've had. And even the other characters, like, you could see the small glimpses mm-hmm. that we were given. This book did so much work for 150 pages. But, like, the, the yes. small glimpses that we were given of all the other characters, like, you really just, I don't know. You got a Dr. good Mensa. sense of their group dimension. Yeah, Dr. Mensa. The group dynamics were just, like, really good. I don't know. I 
I really enjoyed this one and I really want it to be cyberpunk. (laughs) (laughs) I really want it to not be cyberpunk so I can still hate (laughs) cyberpunk. I did have like a slight neuromancer uh, flashback at the beginning of this book because I was like it just dives into it and it doesn't it's like not Mm -hmm. forgiving at all with the lingo and you just have to catch up. And so there was, like, for the first chapter, I was like, oh, my God, what? How am I going to describe this in a podcast? But then you kind of get used yeah. to it. It's a little bit like Clockwork Orange. You just you just get used to it, and that's just how it is. I felt like I, – I definitely agree. I think that it's very, like, you dive right in. But I think that mm-hmm. – and, I mean, this, again, might just be because I liked this one and I didn't like the other two. But, like – I felt like with the other two, it was a lot of the author trying to be like, come on, you stupid reader, catch up. And with this one, it was like, I know you guys can handle this. Like, it was we'll like less patronizing. Yeah, like it felt less patronizing to the reader to me. Like, And I, yeah, I guess part of that is just like kind of Murderbot's personality too, because this is told from a first, mm-hmm. I don't want to say person because Murderbot is not a person, but like first person point of view. Um. And I think Murderbot's personality that they've been able to develop is, like, very focused on helping people. And so it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just, it's, yeah, yeah, it's nice. It was nice. I love Murderbot so much. I want, I want to hold Murderbot and protect them from all the evil <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Even though Murderbot is designed to do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> since we're since we're talking about how much we like this book, I guess that kind of gets us into like who would we recommend this book yes. for? Uh, do you have any any people in particular you think should read this? Or I mean, it's such a short book that I'm very tempted to just be like, everyone read it, and then you'll find out soon if you don't like it. So like, everyone should give it a shot. Yeah. Um, I think I think there is a lot here for everyone. Like for people who are not super into who are not super into sci-fi, there's kind of like this little bit of a corporate espionage. Like if you're into that like kind of thriller thing and a little bit of like survival, um. And obviously a ton of sci-fi and action, but honestly, I just, for both male and female readers of any demographic, I think this is a really good one. Mm. What about you? I I agree. I think that like, it's, it's pretty much generally, I think it's short enough that I'm comfortable saying might as well give this a shot. Um, I would also Mm -hmm. specifically say, I think that people who might be neurodivergent might really like this book. Yeah, that's true. That was kind of the vibe. I mean, like, obviously there's kind of problems in being like, oh, if you are in any minority, you should like this book, which isn't actually about that, but it's about Mm. a non-human creature kind of representing that. And I do get that, but I I think that, like, it's very relatable to anybody who's ever felt like they aren't their brains just aren't wired in the same way as everybody else's, especially with the end of this book specifically, which I know we're going to get into, but I really, Mm -hmm. really liked the end of this book. I did too. I thought it ended perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like I said, this book just, it did so much work with the, with the length that it was. It was just an art form really right here at this book. So good. So I guess, should we get into it? The, The plot? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about what happened in it. And then gush about Murderbot some more along the way. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this might not be that funny of an episode because it's just going to be us being like, wasn't that part cool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. But see, we always say that about every book that we really like. We're like, this episode won't be that funny. That's true. That's true. You know what? We'll figure something the out. Jokes, the jokes come as they come. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Murderbot is a sec unit, which is like short for security unit. Um who is assigned to work with a scientific survey team on a mostly unexplored planet. And Murderbot is mostly bored with things and spends a lot of its time watching a soap opera it's downloaded called Sanctuary Moon, which also sounds right up my alley. I don't know what anything about it is, except for it's probably, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like maybe there's werewolves, but... I did not get a werewolf vibe from it at all. It's called Sanctuary Moon. I don't know. I guess this is a okay, but they're, world, so they probably don't have werewolves. I was going to say but... they're in space. That's probably more the thing is like that they probably yeah. can go to different moons. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I assumed a sanctuary moon would be like, oh, there's planets at war and one of the moons is a like safe zone and the different planets mm. all go there. Like, so that it was sort Hunchback of, of Notre Dame, I see. 
Yes, in space. <laughs> Hunchbacks in space. Uh, and Murderbot has hacked their governor unit or governor module. I I don't know what it's called, which is like this piece of software or hardware. Again, I'm not 100% certain that tells it how to behave and gives it orders. Because these sec units are built so cheaply, Murderbot got a um, malfunctioning one and made it very easy for it to hack into. So Murderbot is essentially autonomous and it's not supposed to be. So Murderbot's hanging with the scientific survey team that's called like Preservation X or something like that. And on a rather routine expedition, uh, <laughs> this Tremors type of creature that is native to this planet bursts out of the soil and attacks one of the scientists. Uh, so Murderbot is able to save everyone and get them back to their living habitat, but is badly wounded in the process. And during like the rescue attempt, the it notes that its govern, governor unit tried to give it an order to abort the rescue process, but they wrote it off as a glitch, thinking, okay, no big deal. Um, I didn't have to listen to that order because my thing is hacked, so cool. The cool thing about Murderbot is that it is a construct <laughs> that is part organic and part robotic. <laughs> so even though it's like missing huge chunks of its body, it just goes into a cubicle and regrows them within like eight hours. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, wouldn't it though? Like just every time you accidentally lopped off your arm or toes As or one whatever, does. As one does. Yes. <laughs> You know, next time you're on an alien planet fighting Tremors creatures. <laughs> I think also, though, it, and this kind of comes up later, that it would maybe not be so nice because as Murderbot discovers once... The, I'm Okay, side note, sidebar. When referring to Murderbot mm-hmm. and Murderbot's pronouns, should we be using yes. it or they, do you think? I don't know. I've used both because, like, I'm struggling so hard. I don't know why I keep, like, my mind just kept wanting to call Murderbot her, which maybe that's just me projecting myself onto Murderbot because I am Murderbot. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I struggled with they and it, and I was just like, maybe because it's a robot, I'll just use it or they, and no one will complain, I hope. Well, I think that that's kind of my, like, I know that it would be a very not okay pronoun to use for basically any human because right. obviously but i think that murderbot at one point refers to itself as it which makes me think that that's its like preferred pronoun i guess <laughs> but that it feels wrong to call something that has sentience it, does. it right like yeah because and this is like a main theme of the book right like what is murderbot yeah <laughs> We struggle as well. <laughs> Back to the question that led to this question. Um, I guess it would be nice to be able to regrow stuff at will, but as Murderbot discovers later on, once they are cut off from their like chamber, they kind of like don't really know how to exist anymore because they're like they're it fuck it's uh like go-to way of fighting is just throw yourself at the problem and if you get blown up it's not a big deal but Mm -hmm. once that's taken away it's kind of like oh what the fuck am I supposed to do now because I can't really fight well (laughs) like yeah exactly like our yeah my usual tactics are not going to work here so I have to be careful question mark (laughs) (laughs) I yeah I don't know that would be interesting like you're missing part of yourself, I guess, or I don't know. Is it, do you think they no. had like a, or it had a, <laughs> I don't know, phantom limb situation? It was like a phantom yeah, that's body growing thing? Part of it. It's kind of like um, talking about like augmented humans and whatever, how there's kind of like an argument that people rely so much on their phones now that we have like an external part of ourselves as well. Like if you think about like how yeah. much we just Google things instead of like just remembering them. Mm-hmm. Remembering things is stupid. I mean, it is. Who would want to do that? But, like, obviously there's in sci-fi kind of, and even in this book, there's uh, the augmented humanity where you're everything's dirty and you have a computer in your eye. Like, 
we're a few steps away from that, but at the same time, we kind of have exported certain capabilities into like external uh, things. And mm-hmm. I think Murderbot, Murderbot may be kind of the same thing where it's like, they're so reliant on this technology that is like part of its way of life that it's almost, yeah, like you said, a part of itself. I don't know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We'd have to read more books to find out. <laughs> so the Murderbot kind of struggles with this idea of not distinctly being not human and apart from the human scientists and not knowing how to interact with them very well because of that. And actually desiring not to interact with the humans because of that, I guess, for lack of a better word, social awkwardness. I don't think it's a social awkwardness, though. I think it's like a complete, total awkwardness of Murderbot and its identity. I might even hesitate to call it awkwardness, because I think that's kind of Mm. the argument that the end of this book makes, which we'll get into. I've said that twice now. Um, But (laughs) it's a very good there's this expectation from the humans that Murderbot will want to interact with them in a human manner because they mm-hmm. are projecting humanity onto Murderbot. And Murderbot rejects mm-hmm. this notion. Like, Murderbot is like, I am not human. I do not want or need to behave in the social manner that humans do. Mm-hmm. There's that too, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I don't know if it's even, like, I think there is a level of awkwardness of just Murderbot doesn't know how to interact with humans mm-hmm. and also is afraid that they're going to find out that they, it has, you know, fucked with its governor module Thing. or whatever. <laughs> Go- yeah. <laughs> um, I almost said it's Big Brother Chip, but in my mind, it wasn't Big Brother Chip. It was Big Daddy Chip, which I knew was incorrect. <laughs> Murderbot's Big Daddy Chip. <laughs> Murderbot's big daddy chip is offline and Murderbot is worried about the humans finding out about that. So I think there is a level of awkwardness in that sense. It's an extreme level. If he just, if it just turned the big daddy chip on, it would just be, they would erase all of that. (laughs) And the human scientists don't really make this very easy for Murderbot either because they are from, and I am skipping a little bit ahead in my notes here, so there might be some awkwardness later when I try to figure out how to piece everything together. But so the humans are from a, I don't want to say like a, maybe it is, maybe they're from a culture um, or a part of the universe where they call them cyborgs or these these units these robotic android type constructs i think is the term they use right oh yeah construct i I even already said that stupid me (laughs) (laughs) so these people are from a someone needs to check on your big daddy chip oh my god i gotta plug it in so that i can you know interact with all of our big daddy listeners (laughs) oh my god ew 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 that that was horrifying for me as a person who has two brothers who sometimes listens to this show (laughs) hey big daddy it's me murderbot no (laughs) we can't I've activated my big daddy chip. I hate this. I know I brought this. I'm extremely socially awkward without it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Oh Jesus. Who gave us the right to record these things? (laughs) No. (laughs) Can we be stopped? Okay. So Murderbot's humans are from a part of the galaxy where constructs are given citizenship and treated as people for lack of a better word um and so they're not i guess they're kind of forcing this idea on murderbot and murderbot is in this headspace where it's like i don't even like making eye contact with you people so please stop (laughs) i actually i had a question about that because i Mm -hmm. can't remember if it's addressed in the book i know they say robots in the gal or in the part where the nice humans are from yes. are given rights some rights limited rights and we can get into that later mm-hmm. 
I don't know what part of the plot we were at. I think we were. So before we get into that, though, let me let me do a. Um, right. OK. So. Um, yeah. Let's let's explain what's going on. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, OK. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Don't hit fast forward. This isn't a commercial break. We're not cool enough for that yet. So <laughs> one day. So last time we recorded, uh, my computer died in the middle of recording. Rip. So we're. We've cobbled together a setup that hopefully will hold for the rest of this recording, but it is several days later. Y'all, it's wild. It's wild. So so if we repeat some stuff or, like, maybe skip a plot point, I'm very sorry, but that's just where we're at in our life right now. Uh, (laughs) We're doing our best. Please forgive. Okay. So after this awkwardness... No, we were discussing we were discussing Murderbot's social awkwardness. Anyway, she's regrowing she. Anyway, it's regrowing parts of its body. And while it is doing that, it just takes a nap and when it wakes up, it has most of its body back. Um, Dr. Mensa's group has discovered that the data packet that they receive, so everyone gets this packet of information about the planet that they're going to survey or whatever. Um but their packet of information is missing some vital information about the dangerous local fauna, including those tremor-type monsters. And parts of their map have also been deleted, they suspect. So they decide to contact the other survey group that's on the planet. So as far as they know, an entire planet, only two groups are on it. This other group is owned by a corporation called Deltfall, and they're going to get in touch with them to see if they can get some of this missing data back and determine whether this was, like, a purposeful um, sabotage or just a glitch in the Matrix. I don't know. <laughs> and then they also have this conversation amongst themselves about how to deal with Murderbot because, like I said, they come from this civilization that treats Murderbot and its kind as citizens, Um But it's becoming clear to them that Murderbot does not necessarily want or need to interact with them in this way. And they kind of give her this character trait of, they kind of give it this character. I don't know why I keep like referring to Murderbot as a, maybe because a woman wrote this book. So I'm, and I'm a woman. So I'm just like, everyone's a woman. I don't know. um, I want to, because I think this is actually what we were talking about last time when we got cut off. And I don't know how I've edited this Frankenstein well, Frankenstein's monster of an episode to make it make some sort of sense. Um, but do the the other civilization that these the Mensa and the the group is from? Do they have constructs there or just robots? Because I know they say that like the robots are a certain whatever, but it seems like constructs are kind of not really like a thing outside of being used as. I'm not sure because they all like they know what a construct is, but they don't seem to be familiar mm-hmm. with like dealing with constructs unless maybe they're just not familiar with dealing with like security constructs. I don't know. And well, cause they all express surprise because when murder bot goes after she like rebuilds her, after <laughs> I feel really bad for keep messing up these pronouns after murder bot regrows itself in its cubicle it has to wear what sh- what it calls a skin suit, mm-hmm. which I think makes it so that you can see more of Murderbot's body. Yeah. And the group is very surprised. They're like, "Who is this?" And when they learn that it's Murderbot, I think I think it must have m- more human characteristics than they're used to at construct. Or having. I I thought that they just didn't have. Like, I thought constructs were a thing that was, like, specifically owned by this company, and they don't really have them. Like, they have robots, which are one Mm -hmm. thing, and they have people. It's unclear. It's unclear what the... Or maybe it is clear, but I don't have the time to look it up. (laughs) It's unclear to us, and that's all that matters to you listeners who have not read the book. If you have read the book, write us in. (laughs) And let us know what we're getting wrong, please. <laughs> so the crew is like, or Dr. Mensa specifically, is like, Murderbot, uh, you've been through a lot with us, and we consider you part of this team. Do you want to, like, 
hang out in the normal human living quarters with us instead of sleeping in your cubicle in the storage area. And Murderbot is just horrified (laughs) by this suggestion and does not want. (laughs) I'm just imagining like a very... And maybe this is because I'm watching a lot of anime right now, but like a very like anime, like blank face reaction where they just stand there with big eyes and the open mouth that's twitching a little bit forever. (laughs) But the group decides to go out and investigate some of the missing map sections. On the way out, their autopilot cuts out in the ship, which could have been a serious issue, but Dr. Mensa always insists on having someone in the pilot seat and pretending to steer while the <laughs> autopilot is actually doing the steering so like, <laughs> they easily correct it it's like if you give a baby like a, a play steering wheel to play with while they're in the car but then it also yeah. actually does control the car <laughs> yes yes it's like all bright colors <laughs> and just like makes clicky sounds and things and I'll- plastic beep beep but, it's, it's like um, i can't remember which one of them is piloting uh it's like Pinley, quickly, turn, bank to the right. Uh, yes, ma'am, Dr. Mensa. And then she, like, pulls the steering wheel, like, turns it sharply to the right, and he goes, I love you! Like- <laughs> <laughs> it's just because... Red circle! <laughs> Damn it, Pinley, I said go right. (laughs) So Murderbot notes that a lot of crews wouldn't have been as vigilant as Dr. Mensa and her crew, and they probably would have smashed into a mountain and died there. But Murderbot is also like, NBD, I guess. We we solved the issue. It's fine. (laughs) Very nonchalant about this almost death. So they get to the unmapped portions, and... They're just like a little bit here where they have the, they have their computers mark out a perimeter that is deemed safe for them to explore. And there's supposed to be warnings that pop up to tell them when they're going outside the perimeter of the safe area. And a couple of the scientists almost walk right into danger, but Murderbot is able to stop them. And they're like, okay, maybe these series of glitches where people have almost died every time <laughs> things are glitched are not glitches? Question mark. How many, how many uh, near-death experiences do you think you'd have to go through before you're like, hmm, hmm, maybe, maybe someone's trying to kill me? Zero. I always think <laughs> someone is trying to kill me. This is- Constant vigilance. <laughs> Constant vigilance or just, like, unnecessary anxiety about everything in the world. Unnecessary paranoia. (laughs) So they all go home. Everyone goes home to to their home habitat and everything seems fine. But the next day, Murderbot is informed that they can no longer get in touch with this other research group that was supposed to send them the blanks in their data pack. So they suspect danger, considering everything else that's been going on. And they want to go investigate. But Murderbot's like, this is a bad idea, capital V, capital I. I do not like (laughs) it. We should stay here. But Murderbot's outvoted. (laughs) So they fly to the other side of the planet to go see what's up. I don't know how big this planet is supposed to be. But they get in, like, their big hopper they call them hoppers they get in the big hopper and it takes them like a day and a half to fly Mm. there just trying to imagine how fast they're going well how fast does it take or how long does it take us to fly halfway around the world i guess would be the oh yeah i guess that's a good point airplanes also go fast (laughs) (laughs) Shit, we live on a planet? <laughs> oh my god. Well, according to some schools of thought. <laughs> Ours is flat, yeah, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen the curvature of the Earth, Anna? I can't, because it's flat. <laughs> well, checkmate science. <laughs> Not gonna fool me today. Honestly, though, if we could pick up some flat earthers as listeners, they're very devoted. They they really stand hard. So, like, beyond all logic and reason. So, like, I don't know. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world is all I'm saying. I'm 
always happy to have a new listener, regardless of what they think the Earth is shaped like. So they're flying to the other side of the planet, just like we do every day in airplanes. Wait, Duh. we as a society or we as individuals? We as a people. Because I was going to say, you, there are some things about your life you haven't told me if you're constantly jet-setting over to Japan. Yeah, you didn't know. I'm there right now. So they get to this other research habitat, and Murderbot goes in first with its surveillance droids and finds the humans from the Deltfall group all brutally murdered, and there's a broken sec unit. And then it's attacked by two other units, which it fights off. Hey, so... Which should be. Our microphone. I can't hear you again. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Just restart the call. It's fine. It's fine. Just restart the call. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, fucking Christ. <laughs> Christ on a cracker. I'm dying. This is the, the best way to record a podcast I can't live episode. like this. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, we're good. We're good. Okay. <laughs> so... Two other units, two other sec units attack Murderbot, and it thinks, like, okay, three units, that's how many should have been assigned to a research group of this size. However, Murderbot is then ambushed by two more security units and is knocked unconscious. And then when it comes to Murderbot is being dragged onto a table by the other sec units, which is kind of like a nightmare scenario, right? If Especially if Yes, you- being touched by another of my kind, nightmare scenario. <laughs> Nightmare scenario. <laughs> no, being like knocked unconscious and then dragged onto an operating table, right? Um, honestly, I hadn't considered it as a potential fear and anxiety, but I you will now. now. <laughs> you should now imagine walking home alone at night and someone wants your kidneys. <laughs> but I need my kidneys. Do I? You need one kidney. Okay, they can you have one, one kidney. kidney. It's fine. That's very generous of you. It can only happen once. Listen, black market organ dealers can have a little kidney as a treat. <laughs> They've deserved it after all the hard work they're doing. So one of the one of the units, the ambushed Murderbot, is trying to install a combat override module into Murderbot, which will basically override any uh, the hacked governor? No, or will it? I, I can't think, remember. Yes. I think it would override yeah. anything, which seems like a bad thing to okay. exist. Like, if... Yeah, that's If I bad. was... Well, I... Hmm. Do you think... Okay. And again, this might be because it's been a few days since I read the book. <laughs> but did, did the, the other security units, was it like... Spoiler alert, there's another group involved. Did they um, hack their governor chip and then put the override in, or was it just an override of everything? Because if it's just an override of everything, I think that if I, the inventor of murder bots, knew about that, I'd be Uh like, no, actually, no, you can't. (laughs) You can't do that. I'm going to go ahead and disallow that by my, uh, like, owning of all of these murder bots and go ahead and say like no we're not going to do that and i don't know sue you i don't know how space law works like (laughs) space law (laughs) yeah this seems like a bad thing to have like basically you plug in a usb cord and you can make your sec unit turn into anything you want like imagine that conversation of like like you're pitching this to the um the group that you're trying to sell this, I guess, not uh-huh. vacation package, but survey package to, of like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll totally provide you security. Oh, great, great. That sounds good. Like, what type of security are we talking? You're going to, like, uh, give us some guards? Or- no, it's going to be, like, these, like, half-robot, half-human monstrosities. Oh, um, okay, cool. So are they, like, really well-trained? No, they have no free will of their own. We just, like, make them do whatever. Um usually wait what do you mean usually well sometimes their governor chip does like malfunction and they murder like 57 people well i don't yeah i don't know if i want that with me on my trip well i mean it's fine it's only happened like anyway look it you know it's fine 
Um, okay, I guess. So you're, you're sure the governorship will, like, keep them in check and, like, they won't be able to, like, murder us in our sleep. Well, yeah, totally. And this, like I said, unless it malfunctions, which, like, that rarely, rarely happens. Or, you know, if someone, like, overrides it. Wait, what? It's actually <laughs> it's really actually simple to really do. really easy. You just need to buy our bonus add-on chip. <laughs> But if you install this Norton antivirus, then no one will be able to install combat override modules because there will be no more room on the Murderpot's memory for you to do so. To be fair, that's a really good way to upsell, I guess. (laughs) No, it comes pre-installed, but you do have to pay if you want to continue your That's And it's very hard to completely remove from from your executive. That's why this all happened. They let their antivirus lapse. Like... <laughs> We've all been there. Such cheapskates. So Murderbot is having the <laughs> Murderbot forgot to uh <laughs> update her her antivirus software. It's antivirus. <laughs> oh my god, never mind. Cancel this joke forever. <laughs> I feel I feel really terrible. I mean like I know this is a like a fictional account of a construct that doesn't actually exist but like i feel really bad i keep fucking up bad person (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) having a crisis Uh, i mean we really are gonna need the flat earthers because the murder bot contingent are not gonna listen to this podcast after you've disrespected them in this way They are going to write us so much hate mail, you guys. They're going to install hate mail into our brains. Murderbot, downloading bad stuff, able to fight off one of the sec units, and uh, it, like, turns to begin to fight the other one, the second one, but Dr. Mensa comes in and kills it dead, which is very cool. Dr. Mensa is kind of a bamf. I don't yeah. know. I, I want I want a book that's about Dr. Mensa from Dr. Mensa's point of view. I want a m- movie about Dr. Mensa cuz I feel like she'd be hot is the thing. Yes, 100%. Like very much. Okay, so like in a in a um my current fictional crush who is Tessa from The Witcher. Um oh my very much in that like she could step on your neck way, you know? Like very mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. To say is beautiful. To say is beautiful, and her and Yennefer are in love, and I don't want to hear any arguments about it. <laughs> but Yennefer, and Geralt, I don't care. I don't no, care. I think I don't think Geralt can be with anyone. I hate it. I mean, anyway, it, yes. <laughs> this has been. They go back to the ship. This has been our sub Witcher podcast within this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Toss a coin to your podcast hosts. <laughs> They're on the ship. Murabot tells the scientists that they have to deactivate it because it believes the combat override module might have taken hold in the few seconds that the USB cord was plugged in or whatever. And they refuse because they are humans who have grown attached to their construct. And so Murderbot grabs a gun and shoots a hole in its own chest. So it just shuts down. It can't quite bring itself to kill itself, but it does try to do as much damage as possible so that it can't work anymore, basically. And then Murderbot is surprised to find itself coming back to consciousness and is like, why didn't you guys kill me? You are weak humans. (laughs) But the scientists have been able to completely remove the combat override module from it. And in the process of doing that, one of the humans, Gurathen, Gurathen, the mean one, the mean guy with uh, augmentations, Mm discovers that Murderbot's governor unit has been hacked and Murderbot essentially has autonomy and he's not cool with that. So I we've probably mentioned before, it's been revealed though that Murderbot has malfunctioned and killed 57 humans on a past job. And the humans all have kind of an, a little bit of an argument about it where they all kind of yell at Gurathen that he's being mean to Murderbot because <laughs> Murderbot is their friend now. How dare! <laughs> oh man, doesn't that just suck when you're like part of a friend group and everybody's getting along really chill, but then like this new Murderbot shows up and like everybody like just <laughs> loves the Murderbot, and you're like, guys, I'm not sure about this Murderbot. It has killed 57 people, and everyone acts like you're the villain. Yes, and they're all like, yeah, but it hasn't killed us, so like. <laughs> 
step off, okay? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I, as a person, as me, who mm-hmm. fears that people are trying to kill me every yeah. day of my life, that I would be very concerned about a construct that has full autonomy over all of its actions. Um. Yeah, I think so, too. But then again, theoretically... We're all constructs who have full autonomy over all of our actions, and no one has killed me thus far. Trust so. nobody. <laughs> Trust nobody. I guess I just don't know if I would be... Well, and I guess this does get to the point of, like, the thing that they bring up to, like, in this argument, which is, listen, all the murder bot, like one of them has like checked to see what the murder bot was doing during all of its like downtime or whatever. And of course that was watching uh-huh. soap operas and they're like, dude, all it, all it does is watch soap operas. It's probably fine. Like it's not going to try to kill us. Um, which like, I think that's pretty, if I was, if I was in a situation where someone was like, Hey, uh, well, I I guess I would, unless it was literally a construct situation, I don't think there's anything comparable, but like, I was like worried about, hey, this potential murder bot might murder me. And then someone was like, yeah, but like all it yeah. does is sit around and watch like, well, it would depend on the <laughs> show, wouldn't it? Because if they were like, 100% true, right? if it's like, oh, it binge watches a whole bunch of serial killer documentaries. I'd be like, ooh. I was going to say all this murder bot does is sit around and watch Real Housewives. I'd be like, oh, no. That's not Uh-oh. that's not a murder bot I want to chill with. <laughs> but if they're like, this murder bot's just been trying to catch up on every episode of One Piece, I'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> there are a lot of episodes. I get it. It might take a while. It, it probably is going to yeah. take it a while. It probably won't kill us until after it's done binging exactly. the show. So let's keep it busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the group has decided, based on all of the evidence that they've gathered, that this has not been a series of random glitches that have been occurring, but a planned sabotage. Sabotage. And dealt fall. <laughs> of theirs and dealt falls research groups. So they come to the conclusion that there must be a third party on the planet because what else? And they decide the best thing to do from here is to just leave their habitat because the third party, the third party is probably headed their way because they can probably assume that, this Dr. Mensa's research group has kind of figured out what's going on. Mm. So they load up on their ships and peace out. But Murderbot leaves some surveillance drones behind and it picks up on images of this third party searching their habitat. And it's a company called Gray Chris and Gray Chris leaves them a message saying that um, we can maybe reach an agreement and I maybe, you know, we could ensure your survival, but you have to come meet me in person at this time at these coordinates, which, but that's always a lie. It's always going to be a lie. Right, but they have the um Uh-oh, now I can't hear you. Hold oh, on. No. Can you hear me now? How many phone calls will it take? I mean, we're lasting about 15 minutes each time, so I think we can Uh-oh, uh-uh. No? You're gone. Your voice oh, is no. gone. No, it's been jinxed. Hold on. We just have to keep calling back. Can you hear me? I can hear okay. you. Okay. Maybe, oh, you know what? Actually, that might not have been a phone call issue. It might have been how I was holding the phone. I think I had my thumb directly over the microphone. Oh, my God. <laughs> because the microphone, I just turned the camera like I could show you the, the phone itself. No, the, the microphone That's is, hilarious. like, right next to the cord, the headphone uh-huh. cord. So, like, I had my hand wrapped around the cord. So, I think I was blocking the microphone. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> might be. MBT. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so they, they, they do have the um, trump card, though, in this case of uh, Dr. Mensa's true identity, which the other group this, and the yes. company, well, no, the company does know, which is, I think, how they figure out that the company isn't behind this, because they're like, well, obviously it would cost them more to do this shit than, like, they they're, they would have no reason. Yeah. But um, paying like the life insurance policies out on a political leader yes. is very expensive. Because it turns out Dr. Mentz is like in charge of the whole, again, planet system, one planet, don't know, community that they're from. Question mark. Um, so she is, again, a BAMF. 
because I guess they have like a rule of even when you like it's decided democratically and even when you become the leader like you still have to do your day job which is a very good rule I think and we should institute that I think that. so too I think it'd be yes. great if like my senator also worked at McDonald's that'd be really fun mm-hmm. for me personally yeah, it's like that, uh, uh, shoot, what was that show called? Undercover Boss. Mm. It'd be like that. But, like, Overcover Yeah, boss? like, we, all, we know. all know. Yeah. It's not a secret. <laughs> and everyone gets to be super mean to the boss that day with no repercussions. Like, it's not one of those things where, like, oh, the CEO's here to be a cashier, but uh, we're only going to have them do, like, five customers, and then they can have a long lunch break. It's like, no. We all get to shit on you all day long. <laughs> Go clean the toilets. <laughs> Murderbot comes up with a plan to save their group because Murderbot is very good. Dr. Mensa and Murderbot go to meet up with Grey Chris and distract them long enough for the other members of their research group to go and manually set off an emergency beacon that will send immediate evac to this planet. And there's a lot of other like little parts of this plan, but it goes wrong. So I don't know if I'm going to mention that. But basically, Murderbot is able to pull one of the Grey Chris units aside um, because they're planning on killing Murderbot. And I don't know. They, they find out that Dr. Mensa is valuable, so they might not kill Dr. Mensa, but they're definitely planning on killing Murderbot. So she goes off with one of the great... Oh, my God. So it goes off with one of the great Chris units. I swear, I wrote this in my notes. I wrote it. It's everywhere in my notes, and I'm still... Murderbot goes off with one of the great Chris units and knocks it out and steals its armor and pretends to be it. Um, and, which works because apparently all sec units are identical outside of whatever decorative things that are on their armor. So they all walk the same and have the same mannerisms and everything. Like I said, the plan goes a little awry and Dr. Mensa is taken too close to the side of the emergency beacon. So the Grey Chris people don't know that it's about to go off, but Murderbot and Dr. Mensa obviously do. And it has like a 10 foot or 10 meter, I don't know what measurement of units unit of measurements that they were using i don't know what unit of measurement i'm using half the time um (laughs) (laughs) there's it's it's too much they're in the blast range of this of this uh beacon so Murderbot has to shield dr mensa from the blast and that kind of blows its cover and then so now that's got to fight off other sec units and evil people and Murderbot ends up super badly injured and shuts down and we get some like little vignettes of Dr. Mensa being like, don't die on me, Murderbot. We're going to get you out of here. That kind of thing. You know, you've all seen the action movies, the war <laughs> films. You know, you know. And then Murderbot wakes up in a cubicle, fully repaired, and with its governor unit still hacked. So Dr. Mensa and her crew did not snitch. And in fact, it turns out that Dr. Mensa has grown so attached to Murderbot that it has per- she has purchased its contract so that it may go live where this research crew is from, the preservation planet, (laughs) I don't know, and lead an autonomous life. And Murderbot is kind of overwhelmed with gratefulness at this opportunity, but doesn't know what it wants to do and doesn't want to be guided by anyone else in this regard. Yeah, because I think we should mention that although the robots and possibly constructs in this nice place are like, autonomous in the sense of like they're allowed to do what they want but they all are assigned a guardian so they like to make sure that so they're not like a hundred percent free in that sense of like they can really do whatever they want because they still have like Mm -hmm. uh, checks and balances which kind of gets into like the uh argument of like how much freedom is one person allowed like when it might threaten the freedom or lives of others um Mm -hmm. like obviously that gets a little bit more complicated when we're not just talking about like guns we're talking about like sentient guns it's also a little bit like murderbot mentions that in a lot of the media that she's able to consume that come from these types of cultures are like stories where the construct falls in love with its human guardian Mm -hmm. and so it's just like you know a little bit not ideal um and and murderbot doesn't want to have this kind of reliance on another person it kind of wants to figure out what it is what it wants to do what it's becoming now that it has more autonomy and so it runs away it gets on it gets on a ship and 
I don't know, travels it, wherever. The- it gets on a ship. Okay, I'm going to start crying again because this ending was so good. It gets on a ship. It's very good. It gets on a train or something. It, but it, it goes to the ship the and it's like. Yes. It shares yeah. media with it. Like. Yeah, because it knows it's it's poor. <laughs> and it's like, hey, and like, if I give you some of this media, will you overlook the fact that I am not buying a ticket? <laughs> and like the idea of, of um, I think I think it would have been very easy for this book to end with Murderbot going to that planet. And then for there to be more books in this series about Murderbot's life on that planet. Like that would be mm-hmm, fine, mm-hmm. honestly. But like, yeah, it's almost like Dr. Mensa's group is the villain in this but they're not like a a Mm -hmm. villain villain like they're not evil they're not mean but their expectations of what murderbot is and what murderbot should want is that murderbot is and should want to be human and murderbot is definitively not human like murderbot right if murderbot had bought into that idea of like let's go and be happy on this planet together it would be you know giving up it's idea I guess its idea of itself as something that is not that does not belong in that box and I love not only that it chose not to take that option but that it found um like community like it's building community mm-hmm. in its quest and through media like I'm like this is so good like the the <laughs> idea of like someone trying to go out and reject the the societal expectations of what it should be and find others like it and try to bond with them through their love of media I'm like I don't know it Mm -hmm. it just like very much spoke to me as a person who bonds with pretty much everybody through media like (laughs) no I liked and I liked this kind of like idea that maybe Murderbot's ideas on what makes a construct or a unit or a bot or whatever like an individual I don't know it it could tell like this specific bot has is bored and I can tell it's bored so I'm going to try and relieve its boredom and kind of passing on these ideas of you know we don't have to be fully satisfied with what we've been given we can we can be different we can change it's so good and Here's the soap opera I used to change. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I just loved this book. It was great. It was so good. And then it ends where it's revealed that uh, at least part of this, I'm, I think the entire story, but at least part of it has been a letter to Dr. Mensa, who Murderbot calls its favorite human, explaining Ugh. why it had to leave. Which, again, is great. Like, I love, especially because this is part of a series, and I don't know where it's going to go, but I really like this idea mm-hmm. of, like, starting a relationship whether it be I I don't necessarily think it's supposed to be romantic in this case but like Mm -mm. any sort of connection with another being and realizing that it's not what you need right now like I really like that that's the route it took that it wasn't like well because I think that's usually what we kind of get is like the poor downtrodden like you know, outcast who's saved by the love of someone in the in-group. And it's like Murderbot Mm -hmm. rejects that because Murderbot could have had that, but chooses not to. Yes. It wants to become its own thing. Even though it like does love and care for Dr. Mensa. It's -hmm. like, that's not going to be that the thing that saves it. Right. Mm -hmm. Ugh, it's so good. (laughs) It was very good. I really want to read the rest. I know. Right. Um, I just, yeah, I just want them to be reunited in the future when they're both in a much better place. <laughs> and I think Dr. Mensa, too, is the only one of the group that would have understood yeah. as well. Like, I don't think Dr. Mensa is going to walk away from this being all salty about no, it. No, I don't okay. think so. Man, Ugh. so good. 10 out of 10, would read again. <laughs> yeah, so I know at the beginning you said that you don't want to consider the cyberpunk because you want to continue to hate cyberpunk. <laughs> I stand by it. But... <laughs> I think there are a lot of notes here of the more broad themes of cyberpunk, right? With the, this, uh, (laughs) ambiguity between what is human and what is construct and where does that, like, where, where is the humanity, Mm. I guess, what is the, is the general question. And 
we get a little hint of this corporate dominated world. It kind of reminded me of the Outer Worlds game, but I you probably haven't no. played it. You know I haven't. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it reminded me of that. Uh, I, I thought, like I said, I think given more time now that we are kind of like, because it's a novella, so there had to have been a lot of plot and they had to introduce all of these themes and all these characters and stuff. So I think now that Murderbot is going out into the world to explore, we'll get more of what the world as a whole or the galaxy as a whole is like. Right. But I think that inherently makes it less cyberpunky than more cyberpunky because I think that like with cyberpunk, at least, okay, to be fair with my knowledge of cyberpunk, which is like the two books we've read a couple short stories and a lot of like movies and stuff. um, Mm -hmm. There's that element of claustrophobia, right? Like that's, that's the thing I keep coming back to that. It's like, and I Mm -hmm. keep comparing it to film noir, but it is that sort of idea of like, you are in a system and the system is weighing down on you and you cannot escape. And it's, mm-hmm. it, to me, this book is so much about escape that it like, and honestly, it's not even about like the system and like the fact that it is such, it doesn't seem like there is like an overarching space law. Like it seems like there's a bunch of different kind of systems going on. Like it just didn't have that like rat in a maze effect that I've come to expect with cyberpunk. And maybe that's me misinterpreting, you know, the things that I see as typically cyberpunk as being like necessary to the genre. But like, to me, Mm -hmm. that seems necessary to the genre. I don't think this is cyberpunk. I think this is just a good sci-fi book. (laughs) Yeah. I think it might miss out on some of that. Like the setting is the character. Mm Mm-hmm sort of thing but I, I think it could go either way yeah well i mean we will it's like cyberpunk light we will i think get to explore a little bit more cyberpunk although this unit is ended because we uh do have a submission down the line asking us to revisit a cyberpunk book that we uh will be getting to at some point so maybe we'll mm-hmm. we'll kind of circle back to whether or not this fits in as cyberpunk when we get to that one yes yeah once we read something more classic again. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of reading other stuff, did uh, this? Yeah. Does this inspire any other uh, recommended reading for the week? Um, I don't know if I've talked about it before on the podcast or not. I can't remember, so I will mention it again. Um, it reminded me a little bit of John Scalzi's Old Man's War, mm. which is a sci-fi, more military-oriented sci-fi uh, where. In the future, when people get super old and their bodies die, they basically put themselves and their minds into young people's bodies Mm. and they use their life experience to fight a better war, I guess, and the things that happen from there. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. It it gave me a little bit. I don't read a ton of sci-fi, so I'm kind of like at the end of my sci-fi suggestions but <laughs> glad we're pivoting think, away from sci-fi for a similarities. bit <laughs> what about you um so i at, kind of like you i haven't read a lot of sci-fi recently i kind of go in waves where i read a lot of sci-fi um mm-hmm. but because i read this one i was like oh i want to read some more sci-fi so i'm actually reading right now a book that i'm gonna go ahead and suggest i'm not all the way done with it but i'm really enjoying it so far So it could be crap. crap. Keep that in mind. But um, An Unkindness of Ghosts by River Solomon. It is about a uh, young, well, young-ish doctor, well, doctor-ish, who's um, (laughs) on board. Youngish doctor-ish. Yeah, who's on board this uh, (laughs) ship that is like the ship that is trying to carry humanity to a new planet or whatever, but pretty much everybody's Mm kind of given up on that at this point. She's a member of the lower class on the ship and also a fair, like fairly astute at medicine and her, I guess not tutor. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Mentor. Mentor. Yes. Thank you. That's it. Exactly. (laughs) Her mentor (laughs) is supposed to be treating the guy who's like, the head of the ship for this disease and 
he asks for her help and she at first refuses, but then she comes to realize that he's dying of the same disease that her mother had before she gave birth to her. Mm. And then um, her mom killed herself right when she was born. So like she's trying to figure out like the mystery behind like her mom's illness and like what it means and how it connects to the ship and like all this other stuff. And it's really good. And it's like a very interesting sci-fi world. Um, yeah. But also deals with a lot of stuff like race and class and gender and all of that, you know, fun stuff that you guys know I like. <laughs> cool. I'm going to have to add that one to my TBR, actually. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty much it for this uh, week's episode. And I do say week's episode in the sense that it's taken us about a week to record it. Oh, my word. <laughs> but here it is. We're at the end. Ugh. No computers have died. Our, so far. Our microphones are working for the time being. <laughs> um, so next week, we will be coming at you with the next Animorphs book, which is going to be yes. Animorphs number 10, The Android. Mm-hmm. Some very interesting very, book. Lots of stuff to talk about with that one. Uh, yes. And then after that, we are going to be starting Anna's new unit. So Anna, do you want to um, give us a little yeah. intro? As to what we are doing next. Yes. So I was always an indoor kid. I will always be an indoor kid outside of scary. I therefore do not really enjoy books at all in which the whole point is someone is outside and having to survive because I just think it's boring. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like (laughs) That is cool that you had to like chop wood and start a fire and find (laughs) shelter and clean water whatever I don't care I just it's of no interest to me whatsoever uh and so this all kind of started I think I don't remember how old we would have been maybe fourth grade Mm. maybe older maybe fourth grade season about right feels right yeah we had to write or we had to read hatchet by gary paulson had to write hatchet i had to write hatchet and i've hated the outdoors ever since guys anna wrote hatchet (laughs) i am gary paulson i don't know if you knew but um which is about a kid who's playing crashes in the wilderness and he has to survive and he has a hatchet hooray It's, it's it's boring both because it was about a boy and i was like nine when I read it and did not care and also was outside see and I was also an indoor kid but I loved survival books as a kid so I'm very pumped for this unit and I will see if it if my fond memories of Hatchet holds up (laughs) I feel like there's gonna be a lot of whining from from Hatchet Boy or from you both (laughs) from both of us about different things or the same things just we handle it differently maybe (laughs) all right so that's gonna be two weeks from now so we've got animorphs secret animorphs the secret nope that was the last one animorphs Animorphs, the the android Android. up next and then hatchet by gary paulson uh after that yes in the meantime if you want to write to us to tell us everything we got wrong about this book because it has been a little while since we read it you can email us shelfawarecast at gmail.com or tweet at us at shelfawarecast again i I don't know why i'm doing that backwards lately (laughs) i don't know change is good i guess thank you as always to ben cope for the use of our theme song you can find his youtube in our show notes below we are also on all your favorite podcast aggregating platforms so if you haven't followed or subscribed to us you definitely should now is a good time we're getting back into animorphs we're starting a new unit in a fortnight you need to be on board for all of this not miss a single episode it's riveting it's thrilling you want to tell all your friends yes you'll you'll need to talk about it around the water cooler on tuesday morning (laughs) with all of your flat earther co-workers (laughs) (laughs) if you use apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review but if you don't use apple Podcasts, that's okay because you can talk about us anywhere on the internet you desire anywhere in real life that you desire just use your mouth hole, open up, be like, shelf cast, and walk away. It'll leave mm-hmm. people wondering. Mm-hmm. They'll have to Google it, and then they'll find us and listen to us. It's perfect. <laughs> um, if you do any of those things, you can always email us and let us know. We will send you some fun stickers and a little note expressing our eternal gratitude unto you, our dear Big Daddy listener. <laughs> no! <laughs> Thanks, Daddy. <laughs>
In the words of Martha Wells, I hate having emotions about reality. I'd much rather have them about Sanctuary Moon. (laughs) True, though. (laughs) Welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we... It's really hard to say we read. (laughs) We read. We read the book. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we... Fuck, it's where we read is really throwing me off. I'm sorry. The podcast, <laughs> the podcast where, where we read books us. out. <laughs> Starting over. Make Welcome back, literary. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zone. I'm one of your hosts, M. And I'm another of your hosts, Anna, and that's almost our intro. <laughs> Wait, what did I mess up? I thought we just said I'm Anna and I'm M. It doesn't matter. You're right. It's fuck. our podcast. Let me do it we again. Do no, let me do it want. again. We're doing it correctly. Okay, okay let's We're do it. We're gonna do it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zone. I'm M. And I'm purposely fucking up our intro because we've recorded it ten Fuck times. You. I'm Anna. Fuck you. 